Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. I'm joined today by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Hey, my beautiful love, and hello to all the cat fans around the world. We really appreciate you listening, and and we're picking up more and more people globally, and we want to just say hello to them today, as well as dive into what we're going to be talking about today. So we're here today yeah, to, to share. We're going to have to learn how to say hello in all those languages that of people, countries that tune in. That's your challenge. Boy, you sure do. don't want me to do that. That would uh, that would be a botch job quickly, and I wouldn't want to insult anyone's language. <laughs> <laughs> So we're here today to talk about, with Molly, uh, sharing some resources to care for your cat in ways that are more natural in their species. So this means which it makes life with a cat more rewarding and behavior-free. Yeah. So what, do you, to, today, what do you want to talk about? Well, today I want to talk about a real serious topic, long-term planning for your cat. And what I mean by that is... End of life planning. It's like hard to think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to think about. You know, when you start thinking about end of life, everybody gets somber and it's difficult. But, you know, um, animals live far less than we do. And so the reality of this conversation is very real. I mean, how many animals will you own in a, in a single lifetime? And during that lifetime, you know, every one of them becomes very close and near and dear to our hearts. And I couldn't imagine life without Tabasco. So, but imagine his life without you. That's probably where you're going with this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because this isn't about the end of your pet's life. This is about your pet outliving you. And I see this all the time in shelters. We get a lot of cats that are surrendered because their caregivers die. And usually these cats, you know, have been with the caregivers a long time, you know, and, and it's usually multiple cats. And to watch them not only grieve the loss of their owner, and they do know, they, you know, they're thrown into a shelter, which is difficult on many levels for cats anyway. And a lot of them become so depressed, ill. I have one in the shelter right now, beautiful Persian mix, black, long-haired, gorgeous, and Prissy. She's available for adoption if anybody would like to come give Prissy a new lease on life. Um, her owner died, surrendered three cats, two others along with Prissy, and she's very depressed and she's become ill. She's got an upper respiratory infection and, um, and she's sad and, and it's horrible. And one of the cats that was surrendered with Prissy was so aggressive because he was just so freaked out in the shelter that cage cleaners couldn't clean his cage or properly care for him. As soon as they cracked the door, he would lunge and attack at them aggressively and try to get out, and and it was very sad. So you need to think about, you know, what arrangements 
you can make for continuous care of your pet, of your pets. You know, ask yourself, what will happen to my cats if they outlive me? You know, <clears throat> you know, you got to you got to really think about that hard. I mean, just thinking about it myself is 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 difficult. Um, now that I think about it, there are many life changing events that could have caused someone not to be able to take care of their pets for very long or at all. I mean, a single heart attack uh, that's, you know, happens quickly. And what happens to your pet, you know, uh, moving into nursing home, but also possibly being a widow. Does that change your life? You know, if your spouse isn't there, can you still take care of the the animal uh, one way or another? Uh, bankruptcy, uh, we've seen that in recent times where somebody loses everything and then has to move out, move back in with family members, and you can't take the cat with you. Uh, you've got to figure out what to do with that. Or, say, near-fatal death accidents where you might... Uh, all of a sudden lose a limb and can't get around well. What happens to your animal? Those are very deep and sad, but very real situations. Right. This isn't just, you know, this isn't just, oh, I'll think about that when I'm 80 because I'll be closer to death then. It's not, we're not just talking about old people. You know, I have a friend who was in her 30s and in a near fatal car accident. And, you know, she she thought about this when that happened. She almost lost her life. And, and out the other side, oh, my God, what would have happened to my cats? And, you know, it's something you need to think about at every stage of your life, wherever you are, however old you are, because major life changes can, you know, always happen quickly and at any age. So everybody needs to be thinking about this. And, you know, when cats are surrendered, in the shelter, we see it all the time that we ask, what is the reason that you're surrendering your cat to the shelter? And, you know, a lot of times, of course, it's, you know, owner died. A lot of times it's I'm moving and I, you know, I, I can't, I have to move into a place that can't take my cat. And, you know, everybody wants to be judgmental saying, well, I would never move into a place that wouldn't take my cat. But, you know, it, it it happens. I mean, it, it happens to people. They, you know, I had a, a cat surrendered the other day that they were living in an apartment or I am assuming apartment because it had a pet fee, pet deposit fee. And they had three cats and the landlord discovered this. They had not paid the pet deposit fee, which was $600 per animal with a two animal limit. And so they had to surrender all three of their cats, and it was heartbreaking to them. But they didn't have the money, and um, you know, you you really you shouldn't you shouldn't judge people about that. But you know, owner death is is the saddest because those cats do know that they've lost their owner, and they're finding themselves in a shelter, which is very heartbreaking. So, give us some ways to prepare. What do you what do you suggest? Well, the first thing you need to think about is who you would designate as a caregiver to your pets. What if you have no one? Well, if you don't have anybody, then I would say talk to your veterinarian, talk to your pet sitters, your local animal welfare organizations. You know, they, they may be able to help or you can appoint an animal care panel of friends, family, your vet, 
you know, all those kinds of people who would be responsible for locating a suitable caregiver in the event of your death. And you can also look into lifetime care programs or facilities. <laughs> it's like kitty nursing homes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, that might be a good, I mean, I guess they already are out there in places, but that would be a good idea. So tell yeah, us a little they, bit about that. There are. There are long-term care facilities for cats. Um, I would love to own one of those. It'd be fun to retire and get a great big house and just donate it and let it be for long-term care of cats. But there are. Um, there's one that's been around for many years called the Sunshine Home, located in New York near Rochester. They charge about $500 a month for long-term care for cats. There's another one um, newer than that one um, in Arizona called the Hermitage Cat Shelter. They're in Tucson. There, there are many um, out there. So um, anyway, they do exist. So what would you be looking for? When you're looking for a cat nursing home, what specifically things would you want to you want to know that they have or don't have? Um, I think you want to ask. These would be the questions I would ask. So if you have a paper and pad, this might be the time to write it down. If you're going to look one of these places up, and um, or put this on pause and go get one, and then come back and write down these questions. But you want to ask them how long their program has existed. Um, do they have any references? What does the physical location look like? You know, is it is it clean? Are the cats allowed to free roam like in a home setting? Are they kept in kennels or are they in rooms? You know, how how is the program funded? Is it licensed? What happens to the pets if the program no longer continues? You know, they need to be thinking about their end of life plan, too. What's the training and experience of the employees and the owners? And what's the people-to-pet ratio? That's a very important one. What's their capacity for, for pets? Do they only take 30 or do they take 300? And are they a cat-only facility? That's important because the presence of dogs can cause a lot of stress in cats. Um, how much human attention does the cat receive on a daily basis? And what's the financial commitment for each pet and does it have to be paid in advance those would be some questions i would ask so i would imagine there's some human nursing homes that allow pets to go in so are there are there nursing homes for humans that let cats stay with you yeah many of the nursing homes allow you to have a cat and and that should be part of your long-term planning you might want to identify potential facilities near you or near where you think you're going to retire or might be at the stage of going into a nursing home because um, a lot of them do. They will allow you to bring your cat as long as you can care for it. My grandparents did that. My grandmother um, had her cat in the nursing home as long as they could clean the litter box and uh, and feed the cat. They allowed the cat to stay in the nursing home. And it, it brings such enrichment not only to you know, not only to the people in the nursing home, you, if you're in a nursing home, having the comfort of your cat sleeping on the bed with you is a, is amazingly healing, but it also brings enrichment to the other residents. People like to come visit your cat because maybe they've had to leave their cat behind and, and things like that. So yeah, those, that's something to definitely look into. Well, so what about setting up a trust for your cat? I know that sounds kind of uh, interesting. I don't know that probably too many people have heard of that. You set up trusts 
for your family when you're, you know, you're getting older and you do something for your family. So what about setting up a trust for your cat? Yeah, you can set up a long-term trust for your cat. It's called a pet trust. And first thing you have to do is choose uh, someone you trust or a bank that becomes the trustee and you got to give them enough money or property can also assign property to financially care for your pet according to whatever your end of life instructions are. And there are two types of trusts. There's a traditional pet trust that's effective in all states and there's a statutory pet trust, which is authorized in about half the states. And it's a basic plan, and it doesn't require you to make as many decisions about the terms of the trust, because the state law fills in the gaps, and it's simply a statement, you know, I leave $2,000 in a trust for my cat Tabasco. Which is better? Well, if you want a lot of control over the care of your pet, such as, you know, appointing someone maybe to manage the property and maybe a different person to care for the cat and specify what expenses will pay for what and what happens if the beneficiary can no longer care for the cat, you know, and and ultimately what happens after the cat dies. So, you know, that would be a, a, a traditional pet trust. So when should someone start thinking about doing something like this? Well, you can set it up anytime. You can, you you know, set obviously trust you want to set up when you're alive. It's a living trust, you know, or you can include the trust provisions in your will. So if you do the living trust, it takes effect immediately and it functions as soon as you die or become disabled. And it avoids any delay between your death and the property being transferred and available for the cat's care. That sounds expensive. Isn't that uh, expensive to set up? Well, I don't know exactly what it costs. Definitely, you know, reach out to an estate planner or an attorney. But um, but it costs, it, it's, it is more expensive than just putting it in your will. Let's put it that way. Because there are setup and, and administrative costs involved with trusts. Because you have to transfer the property to the trust now, and the trustee has duties before they're doing anything with the pet. You know, so that that trust is a living trust, meaning like you transfer the money or transfer the property into it now, whatever age you are now, and then you have that's administered, has admin fees every year, you're still alive. And and that route, um, putting it in in your will is definitely less expensive but there may not be funds available to care for your pet during that gap between your death and so and the time that your will is probated also it doesn't protect your cat if you become disabled or unable to care for it in some way so i think that's a big difference so if you have a living trust and let's say you're in a car accident or you have a heart attack or you have a stroke and you're in a rehab facility for six months, that trust will kick in and take care of your pet according to your wishes when you are not able to make those decisions, even though you're not dead. Whereas the will is only going to come into effect if you die. So there definitely are some benefits to a living trust, um, but it, it definitely does have expenses with it. And I would recommend reaching out to someone and talking to them about that. Wow, that's really interesting. And it sounds like something somebody should really do. 
Um, a lot of people should be doing that and in a lot of ways. So where would you go uh, to get pet trust? An estate planning attorney. Um, find one who has experience with pet trusts. There's also companies like Pet Guardian. Just go to PetGuardian.com, and they can provide a pet trust program. There's also a guy, his name is Prof- Professor Beyer. Um, he has great resources on his site. I suggest you go out there and look at that. And his site is ProfessorBeyer.com, and it's B-E-Y-E-R. Oh, wow. Really? That's I, I would have never thought that there were this this in depth of conversations that people think about, um, this is a great new topic, uh, pet trust. Wow. Can you provide your pet, uh, provide for your pet to continue to live in your home? Yes. And this works well if you have a lot of pets, you know, if you have 17 cats and five dogs, you might want to consider this option. Um, and, and in your trust, you need to account for a live in caregiver, which requires long-term funding, obviously, that covers the expenses of the home and the mortgage payments and things like that. And you'll want to designate a different person as the trustee, which is the person who manages the money, to avoid any conflict of interest. You know, you can do something simple, like you can purchase a, a life insurance policy and name the trust as the primary beneficiary. And, and that funds those long-term care expenses. But whatever you do, you should review what you've set up once a year to ensure all that info is up to date and continues to serve your wishes. Yeah, wow. I mean, there's a lot to think about. Like, I mean, it's no different than uh, you setting it up for your kids or setting something up for your family uh, prior to your your death. And so to think about that just for a minute, which is a sad thing to think about, but Talk to us about uh, being a widow. Yeah, I, I include widowed because, you know, I think that that can happen very suddenly, too. You don't, not everybody becomes a widow when they're 95, you know, when their 104-year-old husband dies. It can happen young. I, I have friends who have been widowed, you know, suddenly, and they have three kids and, you know, a job and dealing with the grief and just, it, it can become overwhelming, you know, lack of funds. They, they're not set up to, um, to properly fund themselves, you know, because husband dies and there's, there's not enough money, um, that kind of thing. Husband has an accident that leaves him physically incapable to care for the pets, that kind of thing. So, you know, you, you can't judge those situations. It's important to think about. If you're married, you should think about what would happen if my spouse died. What would happen to my pets? Am I the primary caregiver? You know, does does my spouse understand what I would want to have happen? And how can we make that financially feasible for us? So, you know, I think, I think that's that's important. And, you know, there's lots of things, lots of reasons that happen in life that make you physically incapable of caring for your pets. Like I said, you could have a stroke, you have some sort of, you know, issue. A a friend of ours recently, you know, had a a blood clot and was in a coma for five weeks. And of course, that happened suddenly, wasn't planning on that. 
and he has dogs. And so thankfully, he has family members that were able to step in and, and take the dogs and care for them. But, you know, it things happen to people. And, and for those of us working in a shelter and in rescue settings, it's really important that we don't judge people for the reasons that they surrender their pets. You know, when, when you can no longer care for a pet, it's a good thing to try to find it a, a home and a place to go where it can be cared for. The worst thing you can do for your pet is not care for it and keep it around. So um, don't judge people who are abandoning their their pets. They're, they're doing it for a reason, and, and we can't judge those reasons. I think that's important to remember. It's hard not to. It's very hard not to think, well, how could you move somewhere that wouldn't take a cat with you or, you know, just because you're sick for a little bit, what do you mean you can't take care of your cat? You know, there's, there's a lot of people that want to jump to those judge judgments, but I encourage you not to do that. Yeah. You know, like all of our topics that we go, they're all so very important. And this one is important, uh, yet it's a bit uncomfortable to think about, but you know, truly you can see the importance of, of, planning ahead because you just never know i mean and at any age something could occur it doesn't matter like you said it's not about being older even though that's the that's the most common time to think about things but you know something can happen in your 30s and your 20s you know think about what you might want to do and who should step in and take over your pet i think that's a very important conversation yeah. uncomfortable to think about but but very factual and as you've mentioned on many of our podcasts, it, it's all about being responsible and being a responsible pet owner. And I think that's really a bottom line to the, a lot of these conversations is, you know, how do how are how can we be more responsible? Yeah, because so like, it is, I, I mean, you make a commitment to, to a pet. When you adopt an animal or you buy an animal from a breeder, however you acquire a pet, you take on the responsibility till death do us part. And, and it's not like a marriage. You can't get divorced responsibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could dump your pet, but, um, you know, that is a commitment you make till death do us part. And then, you know, just like with a spouse, like we do, you know, we think about what if you survive me or I survive you or is the other person financially set up, you know, is are the assets that we own you know, uh, clearly stated in a will that they go to you and, you know, that kind of thing. So you need to do the same thing for your pet. What if all of a sudden, you know, you're gone? How happens to it? You don't want to, you don't want to have your cranky nephew run it down to the shelter once you're gone. <laughs> so yeah, no. just stop for a minute and think about it. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this topic. It's uncomfortable, but just, just you know, take a moment and think about it and think about what you can do. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't have any money. I'm, I'm strapped. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any money. Well, you know, and I'm renting. I don't have any, I don't own any property. I can't, I can't possibly do this. Well, start a, a savings account, you know, and once that savings account, you know, gets to a certain amount, set up a trust for your pets then. But it's just never too late. Talk to your friends, at least, at the very least, appoint someone to carry out your wishes and, and let them know or put it in your will. It doesn't cost anything to have a will, you know, just make a will and make your wishes known 
for your end of life plans for your cat. Get in touch with rescue groups and things like that in your area and and be comfortable with where your pet might go, you know, to a, a facility that, you know, doesn't euthanize for space. Um, that kind of thing would be a wise decision. And put that organization in your will that you want your family to reach out to this group and place your cats with them because they won't know, you know. So at the very least, do do that. And And on the other end, if you can afford to, Look into setting up a pet trust uh, to take care of your pets financially in the way that you would like them to be. You know, great topic, Molly. As usual, you always have excellent topics and you do a lot of homework and a lot of research on a lot of this stuff and provide great information and resources. So I'd like to speak to the audience a little bit to say that if you have learned something from Cat Talk Radio, consider sending us a tip or a gratuity donation. It helps to cover the expenses in producing this podcast. Molly also provides other resources, great store with behavior products at the Behavior Boutique at catbehaviorsolutions.org. It's a great little boutique. Uh, Molly does do just as much homework in that when she puts stuff out there on her site to purchase. They are specific Uh, to certain behaviors, and there are several options. So you might want to go out there again at catbehaviorsolutions.org and check out the site. You'll also find more information on her very enriched blog. Um, We would also like for you and encourage you to go out to Facebook and like us on Facebook also. We'd like to hear from you. Send us some information on you and your cat and what you've maybe have learned and what you've put into place. We'd love to present something like that on the show sometimes. So let us know that you're out there and let us know that you're listening to us. Uh, Molly also does virtual and in-home behavior consultations. And what does that look like? Uh, She does things on on Skype. And uh, if you're around the country somewhere and you're having an issue, uh, email her and she will set up a consultation with you and uh, she can help you from afar. She also does educational seminars and speaking engagements. Very beautiful sitting up there and those behind the pulpit teaching people about <laughs> cats. <laughs> that is not a pulpit. It's a cat, yeah, cat church. I'm behind the pulpit. <laughs> I think that you're, you're very much like that cat church. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to cat church. <laughs> get some that would be get some fun. cat behavior training. <laughs> That'd be fun. Cat That's church. the next thing, you know. They're cat cafes now. Why not cat church? I like cat it. Cat church. Let's go to cat church <laughs> on Cat Talk Radio. Like cat Talk Radio brings you cat church today. <laughs> <laughs> You can keep all this information flowing by making a tax deduction donation to Cat Behavior Solutions through the donate button on the website. And Molly, thank you again for such a great episode. And please tell everyone out there why you do this. Well, you know, I started Cat Behavior Solutions after completing my behavior certification because I was surprised by the amount of information I learned. I did not expect to learn much. In fact, I laughed when I entered the program and I said, there's got to be a test out because, man, I've been around cats for over a decade and working in shelters and I know everything there is to know about cats. Well, wow, was I wrong. 
I had no idea. And so I figured, geez, if I had no idea, I was already kind of the cat go-to person in our community. And if I learned that much, then I needed to be sharing that information with other people because as I was, um, as I was applying that education at, at home with Tabasco and with Fosters, I was seeing great changes in behavior and them becoming more happy and, and understanding what's natural to their species. So I started the business and I did the blog and I did Facebook and I realized I'm, I just wasn't reaching a large enough community with the information. So then I said, let's do something, you know, let's do something bigger. So we started Cat Talk Radio. I would love to, you know, have a TV show like Jackson does, but not there and not as cute and young as Jackson. So it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and he's already in that space. So I don't need to go there. So we have Cat Talk Radio instead. And this is hopefully reaching you with information that's going to make your life with your cat more fun and certainly more enriching for your cat. And that's why we do it. And as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats, I'm going to continue to do this. So that's why we do it. And I hope you join us next week for whatever we're going to talk about then. Send us some ideas. You can reach me at molly at cattalkradio.com with any show ideas or topics that you might have. And so, Dewey, thank you for joining me today. You bet, my beautiful love. And I disagree with you. You are very cute and beautiful and young, and you can handle the show anytime. <laughs> I think you're biased. <laughs> All right, guys. Until <laughs> we see you next time, keep next calling time. her on. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.